Hello, and welcome back to MetalDisciple.com's Metalheads Podcast. My name is George. And I'm Buke. And here we are with episode 10. We've reached double digits. That's great. Last time I mentioned how I was going to be putting up the music that I wrote and recorded back in the 90s and early 2000. I was going to be posting it on YouTube. That has come to fruition. You can now get as much of my crappy music as you want if you go to YouTube.com slash Disciple of Metal, Disciple O-V metal that'll take you to the main page along the left side of the page there's a list of playlists all the songs are grouped by album there's a bunch by the forsaken two by the king is dead and one sons of destiny so check that out if you want a good laugh you know, actually matt came over a couple weeks back and we actually you know i can put youtube on the xbox one and we actually sit, sat there and hung out and just let the let them play <laughs> really yeah <laughs> we just let them play that was kind of like the music he brought his wife over, and that was like the music for us all hanging out. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, it was your music. Was it Was it just the Sons of Destiny stuff, or was it the all other of stuff? It. All really? of it. Yep. Oh, gosh. I bet you had a good laugh at that. <laughs> Some of it, it's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, I give you a lot of credit, buddy, for putting it out there. Yeah, got to start somewhere, right? Yep. Got to end somewhere. <laughs> all right. So I was thinking the other day about a reunion I'd like to see. And that would be Glenn Danzig and guitar player John Christ. John Christ was on the first four Danzig albums. After that, he left. And I don't know, I heard he like did some music for CNN or something. But <laughs> and pretty much from that point on, all Danzig albums have just sucked ass. Wow. And so, you know, Glenn's a very proud and curmudgeonly old man. That's what I've heard. So it seems to me like he would not go chasing down John Christ to be like, come on, man. Come back, let's make some music. And John Christ seemed to be pretty much, you know, well, I don't need this, so I can do my own thing. But I would really like to see that because I really like the music on those first four Danzig albums. You know, I thinking about that, I can't, you know, you're trying to capture that magic mm-hmm. again. And we mentioned it during our Power Metal episode, and I know it's not going to happen, but if, I can't think of his name right now, but if the second vocalist of Three Inches of Blood was to ever come back, yeah, and they were to capture that, sound of their first album advance and vanquish i'd be pretty into that yeah well one you, just, help. you just wish you know some of these bands i don't know if there was bad blood leaving maybe they just you know ran their course who knows yeah who knows and maybe he just got tired of putting up with glenn <laughs> now what's your favorite danzig album probably two lucifuge hmm, that's not what of course people would go for Really? Why not? People would go for their self-title because most people, you know, know Mother. Yeah, but you know. that's probably the only song on there they know. <laughs> I mean, the Does first... She Rides, you don't think? Yeah, they, I, they play that at the strip clubs. I mean, in terms of people knowing things, sure. I mean, Mother is the song everybody knows by Danzig. And the first self-titled album would easily be my second favorite. But two, it's got, you know, Her Black Wings and Devil's Plaything and Tired of Being Alive. It's... It's just a killer album. I need to listen to that more. I will admit, I haven't given the rest of the albums a fair shake. Oh, yeah. You need to listen to two. You've seen him live? Oh, yeah. A couple times. Yeah. How is he live? Um, Hit or miss. I mean... Shirt off. Flights in the muscles. I don't recall. (laughs) It's, it's It's been a while. Unfortunately, every time I've seen him was after John Christ left the band. I saw him on the Black Acid Devil Tour, Danzig 5. Uh, wasn't all that impressed. Saw him again. I don't even remember, but yeah, it was like, meh. Did you ever see him here where he's all back home? That's a good question. I 
the first time the black ass devil was in Michigan. Cause I can't I, think of a time he's come around and we have talked and said, Hey, we should, you know. Yeah. It's cause I, I haven't really cared to go see him again <laughs> since, you know, it's been so long since he's put out an album that I've liked. The last one, uh, Red, dead red dead redemption was it no no <laughs> dead red sabbath <laughs> the, or something the video game red dead redemption i was making a joke <laughs> <laughs> but whatever that was that wasn't too bad that was a bit of a return to form but um i don't know we'll have to see if he does anything else anyway so i know you haven't heard it yet you've only heard pieces of it but i've listened to the new wopath album don't don't do this to me yeah <laughs> see to me I'm a big, as I'll talk about later, again, with my classic album, I'm a big sci-fi guy. Uh-huh. Big time. Star Wars is my favorite movies. I'm with you there. I, in anticipation for this next one, am shying away from any trailer, you know, stuff like that. Right. Um, snippet, picture, anything I, I can. So that's how I'm treating this new Opeth. Mm-hmm. I'm shying away from... Except the one song, Cusp of C- Eternity. Cusp of Eternity, yeah. Um, I'm just kind of waiting. And then you put this in our notes here. <laughs> and you sent me, you know, you put it in the notes, and then last week you sent me the, the text saying, ah, it's, it's, it's eh. You said I would like it, though. So I, I think you'll like it because, A, it's Opeth. That's all that matters yeah, to you. Yeah, it is. And because... Uh, particularly with your vinyl tastes these days, you're into that hippy dippy prog rock seventies bullshit. Yeah, I am. That is now Opeth. I wanna I wanna be clear that I liked Heritage. I don't have any problem with the direction they're going in, other than the fact that Pale Communion is not even a metal album, let alone a death metal album. It is pure seventies prog rock. But they hold nothing back in saying that they are anymore. No, and this is true. And I I'm not gonna, I'm not slagging on them because of it. It's just that it is now a style of music that I don't care for. The production sounds great. It was much cleaner than Heritage. And some of it's okay, but it's just really so out there that I'm just like, I just got kind of bored. This is interesting. I just literally just came to mind as we're sitting here thinking about it. We had kind of mentioned this in the past, but not this question. If you're a Opeth fan, mm-hmm. From, I'm talking the Orchid Days, the Morning Rise, your Blackwater Park, Ghost Reveries, the classic, you know, death metal Opeth. Right. Is it easy for you to transition into what they are now because you got Damnation? Mm-hmm. You got, you had always been used to the cleaner sound that they have. Then, on the flip side, somebody, their first exposure to Opeth Maybe going to the store later this month, picking this album up yeah. and saying, hey, Opeth. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. I'm liking this. And then buying Orchid or something. I'm going, whoa. And like, what the hell is this? Yeah. I'm sure there'll be people like that. But I'm saying, what do you think's the easier transition? Oh, definitely uh, the one that I've had where I, I bought the first two albums <laughs> yeah. uh, when they came out. And, you know, I've evolved with them over the years. I'm not. You're not me. I'm not holding this against this album against them. I'm not disowning them. I'm not talking bad about them in any way other than to say it really isn't my to my taste. It's I I can guarantee you that it is a good album that even a great album. It just doesn't fall within what I am interested in listening to anymore. So still doesn't dethrone Trypticon? 
Oh, hell no. <laughs> Nothing will dethrone Crypticon. <laughs> I was just wondering if it would, you know, for album of the year. Could it, is it possibly on making top 10 top so 10? far? Top 10? I doubt it. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I only listened through it once, so it could, you know, conceivably grow on me. But first impression was I, I, I turned it off and had to come back to it because I, I got bored. And yeah, that's an interesting thing. Us as heavy metal fans and stuff like that, Opeth's new direction and stuff kind of, it's weird. That with the sound that they have and stuff now, you have us, uh, you know, Metal Sucks, Metal Injunction, in, Injunction, um, Blabbermouth, all these metal sites covering them. When metal is, yes, obviously what they play live, but metal is so far what they've become now that now I'm surprised you're not starting to see more mainstream music. Oh, I'm sure there is. So I, guess, I guess since we're not into that, we're not seeing it. Exactly. It's just interesting that, you know, uh, uh, metal heads and metal, you know, still cover them. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's like uh, Anathema. You know, they started off as a doom metal band in the 90s, and now they are anything but metal. And they, 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 get, they still get covered by all the metal magazines and wow, things like that. that. That's just interesting on its own. It's, it's almost like you're still kind of... You're still part of the family, but... <laughs> You're that weird cousin. <laughs> yes, you are. All right. Well, last week we talked a little bit about the new Fozzie album, and you were asking me, is it any good? Is it heavy? And I hadn't heard it yet, but based on their previous albums, I you were I, kind of excited. I gave them the benefit mm-hmm. of the doubt. Uh, I have since listened to the new Fozzie album. I retract anything good I said. Oh, boy. <laughs> as a piece of shit. Oh, boy. No offense to Chris Jericho, but... um. What's with the pop album? It sounds so not. It, it has some heaviness to it, but it is. It sounds very, very pop. Very, I, I, I just don't even know what to say. Like, it, like FM radio. They really hit. changed their sound. So sorry, can't get behind that one. <laughs> so that's all we're talking about. That no more excitement for them. No, no, they'll have to prove themselves to me to get back on my uh, good side again. <laughs> so this past week. I was watching as I went up with the baby at various times. Um, one of the days this week, it was like four o'clock in the morning. And after a long, dirty jobs Netflix marathon, mm-hmm. I said, yeah, I, Let me find what documentaries are out there. I always like to watch documentaries. And one came up for a do- documentary called Downloaded, and it was about Napster. Uh huh. And it had me thinking, and Actually, excited to text you and have us throw it in here to the podcast because I wanted to ask you a couple questions. First off, Napster hit for me ninety nine two thousand. Sounds about right. I was junior, senior in high school when that stuff was really hitting. Yeah, I told you before two thousand when I really bought metal CDs. My music was very, if I had 10 CDs by year 2000, mm-hmm. I, I had a lot. Yeah. Like this documentary got me thinking. I wanted to ask you first a couple questions, but first off, I wanted to ask you, when did you become aware of Napster? Or even before that, when did you become aware that, hey, I know you work in the field, not music field, but com- computers and stuff. Yeah. When did you become aware that, hey, I can download Music, something that I know you personally, as you're my best friend, is having walls and walls of CDs. Right. When did you become aware of that? Hey, look, I can type in 
whatever. Just so good to say, Opeth. Here it is. I I don't remember the year. Okay. I was never a big Napster fan, to hmm. be honest. Uh, I didn't really care for the interface. And yeah, it was it was clunky. Yeah. The speeds so, at the time hurt. I didn't really use it much. Hmm. I did use a couple other services at like the time. Like LimeWire and stuff after that? Um, there was one called Audio Galaxy that I, I used. That. They, uh, like Napster, they eventually went legit. And then uh, a couple of years ago, got bought out. They, what they had actually been doing was really cool. Uh, it was a really cool, legit service. And then Apple bought them and killed it. And then didn't do anything with didn't do anything with the service. So I was kind of pissed at Apple about that. But back in the day, Audio Galaxy was, you know, you go in, you search on a band or an album. It would come back with a list of search results, you know, people that had it. And you'd basically just click on it and it would go into a queue and it would download. Not that I would ever do anything illegal like that. <laughs> but I, at, back at the, at the time, I did use it to, like, fill in gaps and things. Mm -hmm. But the thing was, it was very sketchy quality. It was. You, you, know. Didn't, you didn't know if you were going to download a whatever, Megadeth, and it was going to be somebody holding up a recorder to a radio, or you didn't know if it was going to be what you get now, like one of the beep demo tracks or something like that. You yeah, didn't know what you were going to get. Or if it was even just a virus, mm -hmm. you know, it was, so, you know, there wasn't much use to it. Okay. And, and then this also led me into my next question. This was probably the most interesting thing at the time, watching the documentary I took from it. Did you, because the record industry seemed to be still stuck in the stone ages. Yeah. In terms of how they were looking at digital music and Napster. Oh, it took them a while to catch yeah. up. How they were looking at, because the people who were so behind Napster were amazed that I could be like, hey, George, check this out. Boom. Share it with you. Mm -hmm. The exchange of music. Like, it's always been one of the best things about music, the word of mouth, the sharing of music. But it seemed like, they, you know, of course, where we are now with digital music the record industry was in Stone Ages. I wanted to ask you, did you at the time see what was happening? Did you see the writing on the digital wall in a sense? Not right away. It Because of the crappy quality of what was going on, it didn't seem like a real threat at the time. It was a neat idea. It was around that time that I decided it was time to take all my walls of CDs and start ripping them because I think that was probably around the time the iPod came out as well. Yeah, you and I started really hanging out like the two thousand you know, early two thousand, two thousand one, two thousand two, and that's when we started ripping CDs. And of course we weren't putting them online and sending them out there. No. Yeah, you know, we weren't seeding our files for people, but No. It, I may have downloaded a thing here or there, but I was never a seeder. Yeah, yes. To me it was always just a pain in the butt. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm but but did you see the digital format for what it was and what it would turn into at the time when the Napster was 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 going? It took me a while. I thought it was really neat because I have so much music, so many CDs. I still have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cassettes. Mm -hmm. You know, at least six hundred cassettes in a box out in the garage. So to me, it seemed like a really convenient way to be able to move around a lot of stuff. You know. Both of us used to have these big folders full of CDs that we'd lug around yeah, in our you're car. Not good, you and I could kill each other like gladiators with them. Yeah. <laughs> and so to be able to, you know, and even then you only could get like maybe a couple hundred albums in a folder. And of course, you go to some party with them and some asshole steals them or something. Exactly. It's it's a dangerous thing to do. So the prospect of ripping all your albums 
putting them on a hard drive, not only is it allow for organization, but the portability of, you know, for as long as I've been having digital music, I've been waiting for a way to take all my music with me. I have yet to do that because they have never made an iPod big enough to hold all my music. But now with streaming, I mean, like Spotify, I can't take my whole collection with me because Spotify doesn't have all the obscure stuff that I have. And even this weird thing about Spotify, I was looking last night, if you type in like a Doom band and you click similar artists, it always seems to just recommend the same, you know? That's because it's similar it's, circle. It's, it's a very limited you know, service, service yeah. that they have. It, it, it's good for what it is. I use it. I'm subscribed, but there are other services that are still pretty fledgling mm-hmm. that allow you to set up your music on your computer at home and stream it to your phone. So you have your whole collection. I've got, I, I've yet to find one that really truly worked well. So I've been through a bunch of them. Yeah. I think iSub is the one or Subsonic, something like that. I think iSub is the app and Subsonic is the service, is the one that I have now. And half the time it can't connect. So it's, you know, it's iffy at best, but it would be really nice to have my whole collection available. So when I'm like at work or driving in the car or sitting on the beach and I'm like, oh, I want to hear that Megadeth song. And I don't have it on my phone. Damn, Spotify doesn't have it. Damn. There it is. Instant gratification. Okay. And then the last question I wanted to, I know, I remember this vividly. You being at the time, fuck Lars, <laughs> fuck Metallica. <laughs> Money good, yeah, Napster bad. <laughs> Elaborate on that, because that was because there were some artists, okay? There were some rappers. Uh-huh. The, there was, like, Henry Rollins always finds a way to get into every documentary. <laughs> he does. <laughs> but there was some artists, I think he may have been one of them, speaking correctly here, but there were some artists who, hey, Fully embraced it. Yeah. They, Iron Maiden. Yeah. They didn't look at it as, hey, you are stealing money from us. They looked at it as, hey, if you want to... And a perfect example, this is not a metal band, but there's a band, Dispatch, mm. college jam band type okay. of thing. They fully embraced it. They became a band that was playing college parties and stuff like that. They got behind kids trading their music and stuff like that. Dispatch now is a major band playing arenas you know, like Fillmore's and stuff like that. That's not that, an arena. Uh, you know, not arena, but you know, venue, large venues like sure, that. Sure, But then again, on the flip side, you have Lars Ulrich flying the anti-Napster flag, showing up at Napster headquarters with boxes and boxes and boxes, pages and pages and pages of Napster users downloading their tracks. Yeah. Well, at the time, it seemed kind of a douchey move by Metallica because everybody's like, Metallica's the biggest band in the world. They've got all the money in the world. Why do you need more money? Why are you complaining? But obviously, you know, this was a new concept to them. It was a new concept to many people at the time. And obviously, a lot of the backlash came from people that had no idea how much this would affect the music industry. And it has to you know, a very large extent killed off a great piece of the music that industry. That was how the documentary ended. Like it or not, Napster changed the music industry forever. Sure. Killed labels, made bands. Yeah, well, uh, you know, the thing is, the the system that was in place before, it was all about the labels. Artists were indentured servants. That's what they mentioned in there, too. And so, it wasn't really that great a system. It's not that big of a loss, unless you happen to be a record label to lose 
that aspect of the industry. So in a way, digital was kind of like a great purging because now, yes, people could download the music for free and that hurts the artists ultimately. But now also anybody can get into the game. And now... Look how many bands you and I have been able to find digitally. Oh, yeah. That we have never been able... We we have missed. So much of the music I listen to now is unsigned bands who have put Mm -hmm. together their own Mm -hmm. music. They've released it themselves online. We would have never heard them. Never heard it. Unless their CD could have been placed in our hands. Exactly. But again, the last we end on this, do you remember what your anger towards Metallica was? Because for a while, I remember it vividly. Oh, yeah. You were like, fuck Lars, and this is... I I, I even wrote a song at the time. Uh, It's called Avarice. Okay. That I talked about, you know, giving away my music instead of, you know, complaining about it being stolen. But that was, what, 10... 14 years ago. No, dude, that, this, is, I, this is going back again, 2000, 2001. It was a very uninformed opinion, okay? When you have nothing, you have nothing to lose. And therefore, you can have a self-righteous stance <laughs> saying, no, you, fuck you, man. You know, p- let the people download the music. Because it doesn't hurt me any if they download my music. All At, at best, rather at worst, it gets me promotion. People... You know, more people hear my music. Metallica, everybody knows Metallica already. They've got everything to lose by this because now... That's true. And so it's understandable that they would do that. I think maybe I didn't necessarily agree with the, some of the things they were doing at the time, but, you know, in hindsight now, I can't fault them. Yeah, I, what I took away from there is that these were artists who saw... Maybe they, they started to not understanding it. They started to see where things were going. Mm-hmm. And I think they saw, hey, this is with, and I, I, I will come out and say it. People who were downloading, they say, oh, I downloaded it just to see if I like it. And I go, bullshit. That's not true. I used to I, do that. I'm, I'm talking about the masses. Okay. Okay. I'm talking about when I was in the college dorms and stuff like this right. at the time. And in, in high school, I know people who had thousands of Napster songs. Mm-hmm. Did they have those on CDs? Did they go up? Maybe a couple. Maybe a couple. Yeah. So I see, and I t- completely understand trying to protect your interests. Sure. Because that's money being lost. But what I didn't agree with and what I wish some of these bands would have done is that if they would have seen the exchange of information and their music to how easy it is online, that the process of that time could have been different. And, uh, and if you watch the documentary, and I recommend everybody check it out again, it's called Downloaded. What ultimately did Napster in was they got sued a couple of times and they had their last federal injunction against them. They found an early internal email from one of the two or th- one of the two or three guys who started it up. And in that internal email, I'm going to try to remember this correctly, they said that they needed to kind of put some anonymous system in place to kind of protect the users yeah who are pirating music so the federal government latched on to that hey we we got them here they are saying pirating music and that's what they ran with and that was ultimately yeah their their death sentence you know uh one of the reasons that i started doing a review site was me trying to justify free music you know i uh i didn't want to hurt the music industry but i had a voracious need for more music oh, more than i could so. afford to buy very I, much so i can 
I can pretty much afford to get what I want now, but starting a website gave me the opportunity to contact record labels and have them send me music for free. So I could get my free music. Obviously, I had to work for it by doing reviews, but that's really the the origin of Metal Disciple back in two iterations ago before it was Metal Disciple. But yeah, that's how that's how I got into that because I wanted to get more music than I could afford without having to steal it and kill the bands that I love. And now I get so much music in the email every day, I can't keep up with it. <laughs> but I still pay for music in the form of vinyl. That's how I support the bands now. You buy stuff on Bandcamp all the time. That's true. I, I use Bandcamp too as well. In fact, I think I'm going to be talking about one or two bands from Bandcamp yep, today. So, thanks for letting me talk about that. That was very interesting. And again, if you have any experiences with uh, Napster or downloading music, just please shoot us an email. You know, George at wearemetalheads.com or Buke at wearemetalheads.com. Share with us your thoughts. It'd be interesting to hear your thoughts on Napster or downloading music at the time, or if you were aware of what was happening, the changing in the currents. Do you still download now? And if you do, how do you justify it? Is there any way that you give back? I'll be honest. Once streaming came out personally, I don't download. Yeah. It, if One, I've never really been big into it morally, but streaming to me is just easy. Yeah. It's easier. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, back in the day, during the Napster day and all that, it was a free-for-all. It was like there was no moral compass going, don't do this. You know, people were just, it was a free-for-all. Everybody was like, yay, free music. Yes. And now yes. there's a stigma attached to it. It's like, you download, you're a yep. piece of shit. Because remember, you started seeing lawsuits and stuff like that. You know, a lot, yeah. of, stuff, a lot of stuff we do as kids, but you started seeing people who, guess it was pop music, but you started seeing... People who had a hundred songs mm-hmm. getting sued for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, um, and then in the past couple of years, you would see metal bands. I think um, Iced Earth. Yeah, their label, who controls the album, just recently sued a couple of years back a couple hundred or thousand people who who had downloaded one of their albums. Yeah, you know, it's either you pay a thousand dollars to settle on this, or we're going to sue you for. 500,000. Yeah. I think the, uh, I understand the need for trying to protect intellectual property, but some of these fines are a little outrageous. Outrageous. It's like, you know, okay. I mean, if you're somebody that's like got a server and you're spewing out free music left and right to (laughs) like a command center to millions of people, okay, I can see hitting you with a big fine. But if you're somebody that downloaded an album, Okay, I think maximum penalty there should be like... 50 bucks or something. 50 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever. Slap on the wrist and uh, confiscation of the music. Because I, I, I realize that they, they're making it so outrageous as a scare tactic, but come on. Yeah, there was that one famous one, that mom or something that got hit for a couple hundred thousand or something. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that doesn't endear the music listener towards following the rules. That makes you want to say, fuck you, I'm going to... You know, I'm going to do this to fuck because you, you fuck with somebody. We're going to fuck with you anyway. So I was on eBay this morning. I'm rather an unscrupulous eBay shopper. <laughs> I'm what you might call an eBay sniper. So am I. I don't. I, 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 when I, you place yours in the last 15 seconds. So do I. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> I. I can't imagine why anybody would bother to bid on something in any earlier than the last minute of the auction because. That just gives everybody else an opportunity to come along and bid it up higher and 
it, it just drives the price up, which is good for the seller, and that's why it's set up that way. But I'm an eBay sniper. I, I watch something. I wait until the last minute. I decide at that point, is it in a range that I'm willing to pay, and how much above that am I willing to go? And then in the last 15 seconds, I put in my max bid. I'm like, okay, it's it's at $20. I'm willing to pay $40. And I'm not going to go over $40, so I'm just going to throw in my max. And, and then if, you know, whatever it takes to get into the highest bid up to that max, I get it. The whole reason I brought this up was because today I, I picked up a couple of Sepatura albums, the first two, uh, Morbid Visions and Schizophrenia. And it was like, you know, they were two different auctions, same seller. And they were a couple of minutes apart, so I was able to finish one and then move on to the other. Morbid Visions, I got it for about $4 more than what the high bid was. So that was the rare, you know, I threw in my bid. Nobody nobody had countered. Nobody tried to outbid me at the last second. And I got it. I'm like, sweet. All right, so let's let's go with the second one. And I, I'd had a combined total that I was willing to pay for the both albums before going into it. And since I'd made out well on the first one, that meant I had a higher ceiling on the second one that I was willing to pay. So just to be sure that I got it in the last 10 seconds or so, I put in a bit higher of a bid than I would have normally gone. And something that I do when I'm bidding to try and give myself that little extra boost is like, say I'm bidding $50. I'll bid $50 and one cent. I do that too. I do like 89 cents and stuff like that. And today I got schizophrenia by one cent. Really? Because a couple of times I have lost. When I try and snipe, I set my max bid $28, whatever, $28.30. And then the auto bid from that other person kicks in. Kicks in, and I lose it by two cents or something like that. Yep. It went all the way up to my max bid plus one cent. So that means, you know, okay, so, so say it was 50 bucks. <laughs> Somebody had their max bid at 50. At forty nine ninety nine? No, is it fifty bucks? Okay, and it and that like it doubled it because it, let's just say it was twenty five bucks. Okay, when I you know going into the last minute it was twenty five bucks and I'm like all right well, I'm gonna put in fifty and one cent as my max bid and as soon as I hit it their their auto rebid kicked in and bumped it all the way from twenty five to fifty but because I was at fifty dollars and one cent. <laughs> I got it, and I was like, "That's the that's the the one time that it actually saved me." <laughs> that's cool. And I'm sure whoever bid fifty dollars is fucking pissed. It's probably for a second they're like, "Oh no, um, you're there where you don't have enough time. The time's second down, and you can't fix it, mm-hmm. and then you've lost it." Yeah. The worst is when you ever watched something, and like, okay, you know, tonight at seven o'clock, this ends, and since we snipe. You ever found something really good, no bids? Yeah. And then you forget to bid on it. Yes. <laughs> I, I always watch it, and sometimes they send me a notification. I mean, I got notification for these Sepultura albums last night. I'm like, well, how about an hour before? You know, not 10 hours before. So, yeah, sometimes it'll be something that I really want, and I'm intending to snipe it at the last second, and I, I forget, or it happens in the middle of the night, or it happens while I'm at work, and... I can't get to it, so I don't like to bid on things in general. I'm more of a buy it now kind of guy. But sometimes, like you don't see these first two Sepultura albums on vinyl for anything uh, relatively inexpensive. So I'm more of a make an offer type. Cause I don't think some people know what they have. Yeah. Anyway, that was just something that happened this morning that I wanted to share. So now, does that complete your Sepultura collection? I still need Roots. Hmm. Roots being what I considered the last, the last. Sepultura album. <laughs> All right. 
So I noticed something in the news the other day. This isn't technically a news story. We'll get into that next. But there's a band called The Raven Age featuring someone named George Harris on guitar. George Harris is the son of Steve Harris of Iron Maiden. There is a lot of Iron Maiden progeny running around out there making music. His daughter is gorgeous. Steve, Steve Harris's daughter, Lauren Harris, is also out there making music. And yes, she is gorgeous. There's also Bruce Dickinson's son and his band that I won't mention because I Are don't. Are they still going? I haven't heard, but I, I don't care. They were horrible. <laughs> Lauren Harris was pretty cool. We saw her. She opened. Well, we did for, see her live. They, yep. they opened for Maiden. Mm-hmm. Was it Maiden? Yeah, it had to be the opening yeah. for Maiden. And I heard some live footage of the Raven Age. They don't they don't seem to have a an actual like studio recording as yet. And it was more of a power metal. So um quality was, you know, low quality live recording, but it didn't sound too bad. So um hopefully they'll put something together and George Harris will redeem the Iron Maiden name, unlike Dickinson's kid. On a quick question, Steve Harris the best lyricist in metal? Uh, okay, uh, let me think about that. I, I, <laughs> um, out of left field, best, definitely one of the best. Um, you know, I mean, Danny Filth writes some incredible gothic poetry. Um, this is an interesting question. Maybe, maybe we'll do a top, a top three or top five on that. Yeah, like songwriters or yep. something. Yeah, that's a good idea. But definitely one of the best. All right, let's get into some news now. So Exodus's new album, Blood In, Blood Out, is going to be out on October 14th on Nuclear Blast. Are you doing that interview? No. <laughs> I still haven't figured out how to do any interviews. <laughs> if anybody knows how to do interviews, please. So that's not how to ask questions, but the, techni- the technical. The recording <laughs> of a microphone and a telephone so that everything plays together happy and sounds good. I mean, I, I have some ways of doing it i just haven't been happy with the results yet so i would like it i would like to make a recording where the person that we're interviewing doesn't sound like they're talking through their ass you know (laughs) (laughs) that it it doesn't sound like the crappy phone call quality so i don't know we'll see anyway rob zombie is working on a new movie called 31 and he's trying to do some crowdfunding to get it paid for do you like rob zombie movies no no Mm -mm. i haven't seen all of them um, I liked the Halloween remakes he did and the house of a thousand corpses. And, uh, what was the other one? Uh, something rejects. Did, um, another one. I mean, it's an American, uh, that's a band that's all a band. American rejects. Yeah. Oh my God. I can't believe I just fucking said that. Whatever the sequel was to house of a thousand corpses. Those were cool. I didn't see, was that Lords of Salem? I haven't seen that yet, but anyway, thought it might be interesting. So Slipknot released a song from their forthcoming album. The song's called The Negative One. Have you listened to it? I have. And did did you see the talk this week about that, too? No. About the who may be on drums or who may be lending the drums? I know there was speculation, but I hadn't even given yeah. it a thought. What's the speculation? Chris Adler of Lam- Lamb of God. Really? Yep. Huh. I was going to say it's got to be... Uh, gotta be portnoy <laughs> he's been <laughs> bouncing around but yeah but chris adler is one of my favorite drummers the guy is freaking amazing yeah well that would be kind of cool other than you know having to split his time between lamb of god but interesting so yeah. what did you think of the song decent yeah yeah I, i've never been a big slipknot fan um i liked the first album okay it was definitely different at the time had some cool stuff on there. Second album, didn't like. Third album, didn't like. They really had this 
way of maybe it was Corey Taylor's way of singing. He had this like cadence that was like in every song and they all sounded the same to me and it was just kind of annoying. But on the fourth album, he broke out of that. And I think the fourth album's pretty damn amazing. Listening to this new song, it sounds like it continues along the same line. They haven't reverted back to that annoying way of songwriting. So I'm hoping. Slipknot to me has always been one of those bands I like. Yeah, I, I'm just not the be-all, end-all of kids today. Right. That think that Slipknot is metal, is the definition of metal. No. You know, you. I know you've all seen the kids. That, oh, yeah. Yes. Slipknot to me is always a band, hey, they just ex- ex- exist. Yeah. I don't understand their popularity pitch that it's at. Yeah. At least it was that for years. Yeah, I've always felt that their popularity sort of was bigger than their talent, or no. at least... Or at least their output. I, I don't want to comment on their talent, because they're obviously talented, but it just seemed like they were more popular than they should have been for what they'd been producing. And that's that has to do with teenagers mm-hmm. at the mall at Hot Topic. Going, when I worked at the mall, that was them. Yep. Hot Topic metal. <laughs> food food court metal. Mall rat metal. Yeah. <laughs> so did you see that Sabotage are reuniting for Walkin' 2015? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Believe me, I saw this. And, of course, it's already <laughs> sold out before we even had a chance to buy <laughs> tickets. I saw that, too. Did You you saw the video I posted on your Facebook of a mile the mouth? Yes. Oh, dude. It gives me goosebumps. I know. Think about being over there experiencing that. I'm like, maybe we can buy, you know, secondhand tickets or how something. Do, how do they go so quick? I I liked, I liked Vakken on Facebook so that maybe I would catch a notice saying, tickets go on sale tomorrow. And I know last year... Tickets went on sale the day after Vakken ended. And so I was watching. I'm like, okay, today's the last day of Vakken. I'm watching, looking for any kind of indication that tickets are going on sale tomorrow. Nothing other than tickets are sold out. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> you fucking bastards. <laughs> A little notice. Yeah. <sighs> and you saw what? Did you see the footage like, was it Immortal who played this year at it? But, I want to see the Emperor. Uh, not that's who I was thinking of. I'm sorry. Yeah. Emperor. Yeah, I want to see that footage. I saw something of, like when I liked them on Facebook, there was something in the feed about streaming, live streaming the show. And I'm like, man, I should have. I was busy at the time. I couldn't do anything about it. It's when we had people out of town in here. And uh, it would have been cool. But maybe there's, you know, maybe there'll be a DVD or something where I can check it out. Still my dream to go. Yep, the bucket. If there's a, and you said a term that people say the bucket list thing, that's my number one to experience that with you. Yeah, that would be pretty awesome. Have you seen this campaign to have Ozzy Osbourne knighted? I haven't, but now seeing it in the notes, I, it seems reasonable, doesn't it, does, it? It definitely does seem reasonable. Um, on the one hand, it seems a little absurd because he's Ozzy. I love Ozzy. He's a lovable jackass, you know? Um, and so on one hand, it seems absurd that someone who's just so carefree and Ozzy and Ozzy <laughs> would be a sir, but at the same time, he's fucking earned it, man. Is it Sir Ozzy Osbourne or are you sir, sir Ozzy? Sir John Osbourne. <laughs> yes. I, I, I don't know, but I'm, I'm all for it. I think they should do he's that. The, and if you look at the contribution to music mm-hmm. alone, at the same time, if you're gonna if you're gonna knight Ozzy, you gotta knight Tony and Geezer, and maybe even Bill too. That is true. That is true. Hey, if if Elton John can get it, yeah, you know Elton John's pretty awesome, and I know you're a fan, so I yeah, know you're not yep. knocking him. Oh, I'm not. But yeah, exactly. I just bought another Elton John vinyl the other day. Self self titled. Yeah. Like my collection's almost. <laughs> I've got. I, I picked up one. The something about too too low for zero. Is mm-hmm. it? It's got the, the one yep. that's got. Uh, I guess that's why they call it the blues on there. It is it. Yep. I love that song. It's I a white cover, right? 
Yeah. yeah, I remember listening to that on the school bus as a kid. It's just it's just such a good song. My Elton John uh, fandom goes back to I have vivid memories. And that's the thing about music. I love music is where it puts you out in the place and time. Some of it. It's just I know this is a metal podcast, but I'm going to talk about this when I think of next week on the classic <laughs> rock podcast. <laughs> it's I can close my eyes and think about driving in the car with my mom, and this is what we listen to. And it's you can't be a lover of music. And at least not say that it's not it's not good stuff. Yeah, you know, when I was eighteen, Metallica was the world, and if anything else was crap, you know, it's like you can only listen to metal, and that's it. At some point, you grow up enough to go, that's fucking stupid, you know. There is other music out there that's good. Just because metal is my favorite type of music doesn't mean I don't listen to anything else. I'll admit, I still haven't reached that point as much as you, but I'm trying. I listen to a lot of stuff. I don't listen to pop. Okay. I listen, or to, rap. I listen to 80s pop. Like, if Madonna comes on, you're playing like some Like a Virgin. Watch out, man. I am like, do, 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 do. You know, I'm. You're be, be, be bopping and scatting. Yeah. But like, you know, your, your Biebers and your Britneys and anything. No, I don't listen to that rap, shit. Now, rap, I would never, ever listen to. No. I mean, I listened to some rap in the 80s, like Beastie Boys and like pre-gangster stuff yeah like when these dvds they can make a rap about like buying dvds and they were very <laughs> you know like will smith you know <laughs> that was some cool stuff there was a, there's a song i don't remember nucleus is a band called nucleus and they had a song called jam on it and in, when i was in sixth grade it was popular so this was like 1984 and i love that and i can still like sing every word in that song <laughs> But but then, you know, and, and then like some Ice-T and some Ice Cube and NWA, Eazy-E stuff. Like when that stuff first came out, it was tolerable. I was like, this is different. It's interesting. But but then it just, nah, you know, it didn't go anywhere from there for me. So not a fan of rap. Who would you knight first, Rob Halford or Ozzy? If you are King George Washburn. Mm -hmm. Ozzy. Okay. Simply because he's been doing it longer. You know, Priest wasn't until early 70s. Yeah. So Sabbath was like 69. So Boston has proclaimed August 6th, which is now several days ago, to be Godsmack Day. Fuck you, Boston. I like Boston. I'm a big fan of Boston. I live in Maryland. I'm a Red Sox fan. I'm a Patriots fan. I'm a Bruins fan. But fuck you, Boston. <laughs> Godsmack, really? I've always been a fan. I liked their first couple albums, but... What's his name? Sully? Mm-hmm. Bit of a douche, from what I've heard. I, I know people that know him. Bit of a douche. <laughs> I listened to a little bit of the new album. Wasn't really, eh, whatever. It's not like, you know, I'm, I know Boston's done like Aerosmith Day or something. And that seems worthy. Godsmack Day? I don't think we're ready for that. I can get behind a Kill Switch Engage Day from Boston. <sighs> whatever. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd get behind that before I got behind a Godsmack Day. And even then, it would still be begrudgingly. Yes. I mean, <laughs> I understand they've done some stuff, but I just don't like any of it. <laughs> you know, I like it. Yeah. So there's a new old band getting ready to release an album. They're called, it's either Riot V or Riot 5. Now, I know it's Riot 5 in the sense that this is the like Mark 5 version of the band. Mark Rialli died a couple years ago. I thought that was the end of Riot. But the surviving band members and Mark Rialli's family felt that Mark would like it if the band carried on. So acknowledging that this is a different band, they've tweaked the name by adding the Roman numeral 5 at the end. They have a different singer, which is where... That was when I stopped listening. I'm like, oh, okay, well, if, you know, it's like also, I think, their fifth singer or something. You've got a or I being a Riot. Yeah. 
So their new album, Unleash the Fire, is coming out October 28th. I will give it a token listen out of respect for the band, but I can't imagine it's going to sound anything like the band that I know. So who knows? I just picked up Fire Down Under on vinyl the other day. Sweet. Two bucks. Yeah. Decapitated posted a song from their forthcoming album, Blood Mantra. This is called The Blasphemous Psalm to the Dummy God Creation. (laughs) Not entirely sure what that means, but sounds kind of (laughs) metal. I listened to the song. It's pretty badass in typical decapitated fashion. While Heaven Wept, the semi-local Virginia doom metal band, is getting ready to release their sixth album, Suspended at Aphelion. On October 27th. I've never been a fan of these guys, but I, I know like you them. like them. I like them. Again, a doomy, but you know what you're getting. Yeah. Vocals are a little, you know, cleaner. Mm-hmm. But I like them. Cool. Well, be on the lookout for that. I love their album artwork for all their albums. Yeah, excellent. Let's get into some new releases for this week. I mentioned this album in our last episode's Power Metal edition. Ailstorm is releasing their new album, Sunset on the Golden Age. Have you heard any more of that yet? Have you heard? Have you even heard Drink yet? I have. Okay. It's a fun song. They have a song called Hangover that's pretty fun, too. This is, this is good stuff. It is. It's, it's fun. Belfagor released their album, Conjuring the Dead, this week. Another fucking brutal, brilliant death slash black metal album. I highly recommend giving that a listen. Aluvite. That's how you say it. Okay. <laughs> Believe me, I've been looking on how to pronounce that. Aluvite. I've never known till now. Has released their latest album, Origins. I like these guys. Yes, they are very cool. Definitely recommend checking this out. Entombed AD has released their album, new, oh, I, uh, their album, Back to Which the Front. Which lineup is this? I, I know it's got LG Petrov on vocals. Beyond that, I'd have to look at a sheet to know. (laughs) This is one of those, okay, well, we're not Entombed, we're Entombed AD. So technically, it's their first album, but it's not, I don't know. I I hate bands that do this. Unfortunately, I gave this album a listen. It's not bad. (laughs) Didn't expect you to say that. Okay. It's not not super, but it's kind of good. So, I don't know, maybe they excised whatever the problem was. I, I don't, I mean... As far as I know, Entombed itself is still around, and so there may yet be another regular old Entombed album, and LG Petrov may be singing on that one as well. I, I don't understand what's going on in the Entombed camp. And what's with the album title? When I say Back to the Front, what do you think? Disposable Heroes. Metallica. Uh, yes! Yes! So you said, Back to the Front, you yes. will die yes. when I say <laughs> you will die. Back to the Front. Yes. It, yes! Anyway, I was just wondering where they came up with that, because that's immediately what popped to mind. Next up, Mastodon, remission, re-release. I was just at the vinyl store the other day. I got the first pressing of this. Yeah. Yep. March of the Fire Ants off this album. Killer. This is one of the good Mastodon albums. No We're not going to get into that. You know I love these guys. <laughs> no complaints on this one. They're the band that... Fr- now, it's funny. When I first heard this mm-hmm. album years ago, hated it. Yep. Hated it. Now Mastodon's one of my favorite bands. In fact, I may listen to that when I get home. Right on. But you know, oh, you know what I found out the other day, speaking about reissues of stuff like that? I was out at our local store. Do you know that there are some companies who repress vinyls, these reissues? Mm-hmm. Do you know some of them? We've had a good luck with like Back in Black, sorry, Back on Black. Back on Black, yeah. They does do. a great job. Yes, they do. There are some companies, I didn't know this until talking to the store owner, they take CDs and they use the CD to rip the vinyl. That's pretty bad. <laughs> yes. If I would ever found out any of our companies were doing that, I'd never buy a frickin' vinyl from ever again. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, you know, vinyl's popular these days. It's, it's going to happen. And yeah, people are like, well, I want to get in on the vinyl game. I can take this CD music that I could sell for $10, and if I just take that and transfer that to vinyl, I can I can get people to pay $30 for that. And people are naive to it. Yeah. A lot, of, you yeah. know, the masses are. Yeah, I have, I'm sure I probably have some. You probably. Know, that, 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 until you listen to it, there's no way to know. It's funny, as we talk about it, I've heard some, and I'm like, something about this doesn't sound quite yeah, right. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. sound quite right. Mm-hmm. That's probably digital converted to mm-hmm. vinyl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Knocked Mystium has released their final album this week called The World We Left Behind. It just figures. You know, I know you've heard me talk about Knocked Mystium before, generally in unflattering terms. Yeah, when I told you the record store had those records, you're like, meh. Well, I have, I, I, I have the newest one. I have The World We Left Behind on vinyl. I pre-ordered it. And I have The Silencing Machine on vinyl as well. The albums before that I just didn't care for, and I reviewed The Silencing Machine when it came out, and I said, look, there's obviously some talent here, there's some good songs on here, but the production sucks ass. Judd, get your shit together and record an album with a decent production, because the songs are worth it. And I was pretty critical in the review, and it was funny because Knocked Mystium and or Judd read the review and liked it. <laughs> wow. Um, wow. I guess maybe because I was just being honest and, and, you know, I wasn't just going, these guys suck. Why? Because they suck. You know, I, you were I, I, your I was like, these are the reasons why I don't like this album. And I, maybe, I don't know, maybe they respected that. But I like to think that the world we left behind is, is a result of my criticism <laughs> because they, it's their final album and it's finally fucking brilliant. The production sounds great. The songs are awesome. Why does it have to be the last album? <laughs> what if that did stick in his head? I don't know. Now, you know I've never heard these guys. What, how would you say they're like? Black metal. American. Okay. U.S. black metal. It's not like your emperor or your immortal or anything it's like, like that. The Alleg, it's like the Alag. wherever you would say Uh-oh, that. Oh, Agalock. Yeah, it's like that type of... Well, I mean... It, in, in that it's American, but it doesn't really sound too mm. much like them either. You just have to listen to it. But it's, it's good. I'd recommend it. But if it's black metal, well, probably not. <sighs> Come on. <laughs> Throw me a freaking bone. <laughs> Speaking of which, there's another U.S. black metal band called Panopticon. And they, uh, I remember their last album. It was worthy of note because they throw in some banjo. It's They're like from Kentucky. And so it was like bluegrass black metal. I listened to it. I was like, eh. I mean, on the whole, the music was it was interesting. It was definitely of a good quality. Can't say I cared for bluegrass in my black metal. I kickstarted a heavy metal bluegrass project yeah. years back. But the new album's called Roads to the North. I haven't heard it yet, so I don't can't tell you what it's like, but it's probably an interesting listen, so maybe check it out. Next is a band that I picked up on Bandcamp, and they just released their album this week. They're called Trudger. And their album is called Dormivelia. Man, you are hitting the pronunciations today. Thank you, Google Translate. Man. <laughs> yep. I, I just happened to read that it was an Italian word. They're a UK band, but the album title is in Italian. And so I put it into Google Translate, selected Italian, and said, pronounce that for me. I had a feeling that the, it, it's D-O-R-M-I-V-E-G-L-I-A. And I'm like... Dormi Veglia. 
but I was like, I know Italian is like vaguely, yeah. <laughs> so something, something along those lines. I don't know if you're Italian and I just butchered your language. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I thought I did pretty good with the first time I said it. It was actually the first time I said it. <laughs> it and uh, I was like, Hey, that sounded right. <laughs> so. Anyway, it's a sludge band. Very, really heavy, harsh vocals. Really. Now you're talking to me. Uh, I, I, I think I read a review of it somewhere. And so I looked them up and the only place I could find them was on Bandcamp. And that's cool because Bandcamp's relatively cheap. So I listened to a few tracks. I liked it. I, I bought it and it's pretty cool. You should give them a listen. Go out to Bandcamp and check out Trudger. The final new release this week is a band called Woven War and their self-titled first album. But as you may know, they're not a new band. This is the remnants of As I Lay Dying, minus douchebag singer Tim Lambesis. This is the rest of the guys who said, we still want to make music. We're going to go over here, start this band called Woven War. Singer, I think, from Oh Sleeper or something. I guess, I don't know. Trina filled that in for me. Okay. I'm not a fan of Christian metal, per se, and I understand there's been, I've heard a lot of talk about, don't call us Christian metal just because we're Christians. I that's cool that's fine i i don't i i listening to the interview on uh, the metal sucks podcast i got the impression that this was not a particularly religious album so that's cool so i was like all right well let's give it a listen i can respect it it's it's not really my style you know it's a little more metalcore ish but not maybe as screamy i didn't listen to enough to know i know there's clean vocals it, i know uh Godless is all about this being like album of the year or something. Sorry, dude. Uh-uh. We still need to get him on the show. Triptychon. <laughs> Say the words with me. Triptychon. Respectable? I can give respectable to Woven War, but that's it. They're not even, they're nowhere near my top 10 or 20. Being a fan of Killswitch Engage and, and the sound, actually, when Jesse came back, the sound that Killswitch has now, that's a lot like what Woven War sounds like now. That's why I don't like it. I, I was just saying that. That's why I don't like it. You know I love them. Uh, so that's why I'm really liking this album. All right. Cool. Moving on. This week's indie band. we got to play some music. It's, we've been talking for like an hour, and we haven't played any music yet. This week's band is a local band for us, a band that we saw play last year, a band that we met, a band that we liked because they are some friendly and... Extremely humble Yes, some really cool guys from Virginia that make some heavy metal music. I'm talking about King Giant. This is their album, Dismal Hollow. Dismal Hollow was released by the band in 2012. As such, it comes as no surprise that they're currently working on a new album. They asked me to let you know that they'll be back soon with some new music. But to hold you over, we're going to play a song from Dismal Hollow. This is called Appomattox.
King Giant, Appomattox. What a killer fucking song. Yeah. You know what really initially drew me to these guys when I first heard them? It's the vocals. We were speaking about Glenn Danzig earlier. Dude has got a very Glenn Danzig-like voice, in my opinion. You're right. Not like a rip-off, just he sings in the same kind of deep and... Kind of smoky. Smoky. Yeah. Yeah, it's just very Danzig-like. And I was like, right on. And for him being local, even better. Yeah. So... I hope you liked that song. If you did, 
Stick around. We're going to have another song by the band at the end of the episode. All right. Let's get into our top three for this week. Normally, we do like top three bands, top three albums, something along those lines. This time, I was driving home from work the other day and it just hit me. Let's do the top three mosh pits that we've been in. Been in or been at. I don't get into too many pits anymore, but I, I stand upon the, the border you're of a good, pit. You're good at standing tall, and you're good at the mosh pit edges. Push everybody for, away. <laughs> forearm push. Yeah. See, get and, the fuck off yeah. me. Get the fuck As off As George me. has gotten older and going to shows, his side-eye mosh pit leering <laughs> at some guy bumping into him has... Has really gotten well over the years. Before it gets too much and George's like, I'm out of here. Give me a corner in the back by the bar. Yeah, I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> but um, I have a couple honorable mentions because while I didn't think it was like the one I'm going to mention now wasn't like one of the great pits that I was in, but it was the one of the great ass kickings that I've gotten in the pit. And I'm sure you know which one that is. That was the kill switch pit at the uh, sentenced in flames, dark tranquility show. I was literally holding on to Buke. I was getting buffeted around so much that I actually threw a sh- an arm from behind. Like I was drowning around his shoulder <laughs> save, and hung on for dear life. Oh, I won't let, let go. Yeah. <laughs> Fireman, carry me out of this hell. <laughs> and George and I are not tiny guys. So no, we're both pretty big. big. Yeah, picture two big burly men. <laughs> are they moshing or making love? I can't tell. <laughs> Save me. <laughs> but, yeah. But that is not in my top three. It's probably in one of my top. If I had top three ass kickings in the pit, that would be definitely one of them. <laughs> But anyway, why don't you hit me with your top three? Okay. Number three. This is not a metal show, but huh? momentous event. This was the HFS festival back in like 2000 or 1999. Godsmack was playing. Oh, geez. And After I go and bash them. You go and bash them. And you know, at a lot of these fests, these are when your high schoolers or your drunk mom and dads who think because something has a heavy beat or heavy breakdown that they can it's moshing time yeah so picture me 17 18 year old kid it's a mosh pit we start going this drunk guy stumbles into it and you ever get the guys who stumble into the center and they're kind of like i'm doing with my hands now they're kind of like waving you're all like come on Mm -hmm. bring it well i was a football player I bring it to this guy. <laughs> I hit this guy, literally knock him out. Nice. Okay. It gets to the point where it happens so quick. People are like, who just did that? Like, who the fuck just did that? They are getting security and getting <laughs> the medics for this guy. And then, now picture a drunk guy with oh, a drunk hillbillies, what you look like, hair halfway down his back. Picture him like Christ on the cross. Picture him being carried out above the crowd. Passed along, like as they're carrying him to the front. You're the Terry Crews of the mosh pit. <laughs> as they're trying to get him out to the front. And I just kind of, you know, <laughs> you know, just. Yeah, who did that? Yeah, who just did, who's the asshole that did that to this guy? Yeah, that was back in high school. That was, that was one of them. Number two is a kill switch engage pit you and I were in at the uh, other one. The other one at Mayhem Fest. The bro, the bloody knees. Yes. This, that was, that, I was considering that one. This is memorable because if there was a definition of hell on earth in a pit at Bristow, Virginia at now it's Jiffy Lube live used to be nissan pavilion 
Mayhem Fest sets up there and Ozfest would play there. The second stage, while there are grass, grassy areas, the second stage here was set up in a gravel parking lot. Mm-hmm. This is not little pea gravel, folks. This is sometimes like river rock. Like, yeah, like <laughs> one to two inch jagged pieces of rock. Yes. Picture it being mid July, August. Here in the DC area, it gets humid. It was a hundred degrees that day. Yeah. Humid, 100 degrees, a couple thousand people in this gravel parking lot. Killswitch engages up. Howard is getting the place going nuts. George and I are in the center of this pit, and it is brutal. Just for the sense that the pit was crazy, you couldn't get your footing. Dust is going everywhere. Pitmageddon. Yeah. It. We are soaked. There's dust sticking all over, dirt sticking all over to us. There's clothes flying. We're all bloody from falling down and literally drained us for the entire, entire day. Cradle of Filth was in on that madness, too. They played that same yeah. same stage. I remember they had same. that weird stilt walking yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, the, 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 the women with the, you know, they hang from the the cloth and they, yep. they twirl and that stuff. It was, it was a really great stage show for a second stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was memorable. Okay. Again, these are not, none of these are really big metal mosh pits, you know, like your classic wall of deaths and stuff that you see now. But number one is Ozfest 2000. Okay. Because it's my first time seeing Pantera band that got me into metal. I think, Hey, great. We're going to see Pantera. The day starts going on. It's going great. Then Pantera comes out. At this time, again, we're back at Nissan Pavilion. This time, but we're in the grass and the lawn. The clouds start coming in. Massive thunderstorms. Massive rain. Of course, these events are rain or shine. So now, the field of Nissan turns into, when I say an Armageddon, (laughs) okay, turns into an Armageddon of grass. Massive grass chunks being picked up from everywhere. Looks like the Germans' blitzkrieg is going on. <laughs> there is grass flying everywhere. Mm-hmm. There are people running around doing 200-foot mudslides. There are naked girls running around because it's Hello. R- yeah, raining. You know, it, if Pantera was playing, it, was, it wasn't a real pit, but the goings-on in the crowd was just insane. was just insane. Now, of course... I've talked about it before. It was also the worst concert experience because I was so excited to see Pantera. Phil was a drunk falling down mess, but there was at least something redeeming about it. <laughs> absolutely insane just to see total destruction because I had never seen that. To see total destruction of a venue, um, trash cans being thrown. It, it was, I n- never seen anything like that. Wow. They easily had to resod the whole entire lawn after that, that, that day. <laughs> That's nuts. Easily. All right. Well. My three aren't going to sound nearly as intense as yours, although you were at one of them. Mm. My number three, when you were probably just learning how to not piss yourself, (laughs) is Metallica's Injustice for All tour. Yes, that's it. That was my first real pit. Um, Obviously, the pits in the 80s aren't quite what they are now. They're a little different. They were much more punk-themed and styled in the 80s because we had just stolen it from the punk crowd. Is that the guys who now you see who wave their arms around and stuff like that? There was that, yeah. But, I mean, it was still just a lot of, you know, pushing and smashing. And it was the first time that I was 
even even the people that weren't actively participating in the pit, you were just crammed in like a sardine, like incredibly claustrophobic, and it was just you, you could you could barely keep your feet because everything was moving and swaying, and people are pushing and shoving, and you know it was just it was an incredibly crazy show. I was separated from my friend; I didn't see him for the better part of the show because it was just a teeming pile of people. My number two, this was the one that for years I claimed was the best pit that I'd ever been in that I'd ever seen. It was the most insane. This was Slayer on their Divine Intervention Tour at the Orbit Room in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I went with a couple of friends of mine, one male, one female. The female was in tears at the end of the show because she was afraid we were going to die in the pit. That's how crazy it was. Small it was Slayer. Sl- yeah, yeah, it was probably like a Fillmore kind of size, okay. maybe a little smaller. Man, that must have been cool. And uh, it was pretty insane. I mean, Slayer fans, particularly in the, like, 80s 90s this is like the cut your arm slayer very rabid fans and it was a very intense show that was pretty wild my number one this is more of a sentimental thing than a true violence this was more of like when you're on the mountaintop and you look out and you see something beautiful you're like wow look at the valleys and the streams you're like this is amazing this pit was one of those i wasn't in it i was up above it we were up above it but it was a wonder to behold and this was anthrax at the fillmore you know it's a pretty decent sized theater i guess you'd say i mean there's yes. no there's no seats on the floor the, the floor is open there's there's an upstairs uh and a relatively large stage and the whole entire floor we were up on the balcony the whole floor during the anthrax were playing indians and during the war dance the whole fucking floor yes it was just a writhing sea of bodies it was and you know scotty and banging his head and doing his you know war dance and just everybody just losing their shit and i was like wow that was our first time there yeah was that was it was it was beauty and chaos it it has just stuck with me. Wow, I never knew that. Awesome. Yeah, that was actually the one that I was thinking of while driving home going, man, we need to talk about that. Okay, so what would it take? Is there ever a time that you would lace them up? And get back in? And, and get back in. What would it take for I, you to just get in there? Hey, maybe if you're rumbling for a couple of seconds, to just get in there and... I'd need to drop about 50 pounds. Get some nice boots on. Get somebody to lace them up really tight. Get a lace me up. <laughs> Inside story. We'll have to tell you that one. And, uh, you know, probably a couple of beers in me to, you know, dull a little bit of pain. And then the right music. You got to admit, it's just, when, you, when you're in it and you're just, you got your buddy watching your back from some assholes who are going to try and blindside you. Believe me, I miss it. But, you but know. then you really don't because now you look at back and this is us being old. <laughs> <laughs> old now but yeah. you, you miss the show and stuff going on yeah that's true i can't believe i just said that how unmetal is that <laughs> jeez that's just like saying if you're headbanging you can't watch what's going on on stage well you can't not really <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no i i do miss it but you and i had the time there was a time there when you were my mosh pit buddy yeah well Now's as good a time as any to mention the fact that next week we may not have an episode because we're going to the barbecue, And it's entirely possible we could, you know, see some uh, action next week. Depending on what's going on, who's playing, and what the crowd's like, we could end up seeing action again. Slacing up the boots. So we'll see. But if there isn't an episode next week, that's why. We're thinking about trying to bring something portable and record sort of an on-the-go kind of thing, but we'll see if that works out or not. So if you don't hear anything... That's why. We'll be back, you know, probably the week after that. 
I wanted to mention one other honorable mention show. I didn't put it in there because it was at the Fillmore again, but I have to say I was pretty impressed with the pit at the Down show that we went to. For music that was so relatively slow and heavy, people were really getting down in that pit. That's a good one. I just thought about that. You're right. Yeah. Seeing down a lot of times, yeah. just That's the first time I was really in the back taking it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, it was. All right, well, why don't we get into what we're listening to this week? What are you listening to? Well, I started to mention it last week when we were doing the Power episode, but then I had to reel back and remember what we were talking about. This week, I'm listening to Suicide Silence, You Can't Stop Me. And I mentioned this last week, but I had to change myself. This is the return of Suicide Silence after Mitch died in the motorcycle accident a couple years back. This features Eddie now the vocalist from All Show Parish, one of my favorite bands. This album, for me, has hooked me and has not left my turntable for the fact that it really does a great job of incorporating the suicide silence style that they've had before. The vibe. The vibe, exactly. But you take Eddie, what I like from him in All Show Parish, his vocal skills, combine them together, and you get the new Suicide Silence, which I really like. And apparently the reception on Mayhem for them has been great. Our friend Trina says that some fans were cursing at them, you know, yelling, oh, you're not Mitch, and you're not, uh, screw you guys, and blah, 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 blah. So nobody recognized me? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I've been listening to this. But it's good, you know, you know? Nothing super, super special, but it's it's good. Cool. All right. What I've been listening to this week is the new EP from Necros Christos called Nine Graves. These guys are a German black death band. I first heard about these guys in 2011 when they released their last full-length album, Doom of the Occult. And yes, I do have this on vinyl. Doom of the Occult, that is. I liked it because it was death metal that... Didn't sound like all the other death metal these days. It's not a Cannibal Corpse kind of death metal. It's a little more dark. Looks a little bit of black metal um, ambiance to it. A little bit of doom. But on the whole, it's a death metal record. So when I found out recently that they were releasing a new EP, I was like, yay, new music. I was kind of bummed that it was an EP. But it's a 40-minute EP, so that's longer than you know many full-length albums. So I was like, okay, well, it's 40 minutes long. I'm not going to complain. They can call it an EP if they want, but whatever. It's called Nine Graves, and it's awesome, so you should check it out. All right, what about a classic? What do you got? So I mentioned earlier I was a sci-fi guy, and as I was browsing vinyl the other day, I came upon this, and I forgot how killer of a record it is, the band itself. It is from Pro Florida Progressive Death Metal Band's band with a sci-fi edge, Nocturnus. Wow. Their 1990 release, The Key. Okay. Uh, this is a band that still has evil lyrics, mm -hmm. but with that sci-fi twist. I think on the key, you have aliens that descend to Earth and destroy Christianity. Oh, darn. It's, you know, death metal that incorporates keyboards. Heaven forbid. Uh, you know, very progressive technical, has that classic American death metal Mm -hmm. that I like. So um, that is the album for me, Nocturnus, and their album, 1990 release, The Key. You didn't think I'd hit you with that one, huh? I did not. <laughs> you, you said something old school death metal. I was thinking like death or morbid angel. Now, have you heard? Something. I've heard, of course, you've heard them. Of course, I've of heard course. them. Apparently, the singer 
used to be in Morbid, or the guitarist used to be in Morbid, and he was good friends with Trey, and they were signed for a label for a while that kind of helped him. A really cool album art. So now the key is on my Discogs want list. <laughs> Somebody reissued a Nocturnus album on vinyl recently. I, I don't remember which one it was. Is it Thresholds? Might be. I think it might have been, yeah. But really cool. The, the key is cool sci-fi art on it. Yeah. It's weird to have a sci-fi and in your logo, you know, you see the pentagram in it and you look at the lyrics. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going all the way back to 1984 for my classic. This is the self-titled oh, debut great. album from Metal Church, The David Wayne Years. Hmm. Self-titled, okay. Yep. This album, I mean, I think I heard this album before I even heard Metallica. You know, it was they it was like around that came out about the same time as Ride the Lightning. But I think I heard this first, you know. Something I wanted to mention but I forgot to mention when we were talking about the whole Napster thing. Everybody downloads music now, but back in the day it was called tape trading and you know, labels weren't really panties in a bunch about that. It's what you did. That's how you learned about new music. Obviously tape trading was much more limited. You couldn't do it on such a grand scale as what people do with downloading. But that was how I first heard Metal Church, how I first heard Metallica, Slayer, Merciful Fate. And so I got a copy of the first Metal Church album from somebody, a copy of a copy on a beat-up old cassette. And this album you know, was one of my first thrash albums, and it really spoke to me. Every song on here is a classic as far as I'm concerned. And the one song that really drew my attention was the song Gods of Wrath. At the time, it was, it was a, a curious song because there were clean guitars and pretty sort of pretty vocals and then it would just get balls heavy and i'm like what is this and we called it a power ballad now you think of a power ballad now and you think of like motley Crue, home sweet home or you know this but no this was like power this was a real it had ballady type stuff but it was really heavy too and i fucking loved that song but and like the title track you know many many years ago upon a distant shore oh that song the lyrics and everything that just captured my imagination as well as songs like Beyond the Black, you know, I think that was about uh, like nuclear warfare and Hitman, obviously, about a Hitman. In the Blood, My Favorite Nightmare, Battalions. Oh my God, Battalions. <laughs> I love Battalions. Always makes me think of the Conan, uh, What is Best in Life, Battalion Advances. <clears throat> Fucking love this album. So I just picked up The Dark the other day. Yeah, that one's good too. It's got some... It's good in a different way. I, I'm a big fan of the dark. Dude, the song Watch the Children Pray. Watch <sighs> the Children Pray, yeah. So good. Yeah, a ton of bricks. That song just, <laughs> uh, you know, that was a song that got me going. Did you see them live? I did not see them with David Wayne, unfortunately. I saw them the first time, had to be around 1990, 91, was on the, it was during Desert Storm. It was called Operation Rock and Roll. Hmm. And I think Alice Cooper was the headliner. When I first saw Motorhead, Dangerous Toys, Metal Church. I think Judas Priest was there. And uh, I saw them with their second singer. And uh, did you like I see their album here, Blessing in Disguise? Yeah, that was the tour. I'm pretty sure. Did you? I I I liked it. There was some good music on there. Obviously, it's no David Wayne. I'm a big, huge David Wayne fan, and unfortunately, he's no longer with us. But I did like. The one or two albums, but I don't remember that singer's name, but uh, I did like what he did, too. Still pretty cool. All right. Well, I think we are getting to the end now. This was a fun one today. Yeah, I didn't think we were going to run quite so long, but here we are. guess we had lots to talk about. Mm-hmm. We, weren't, we weren't here last week. So, before we play the last song, we need to remind you, subscribe to us on iTunes. Check us out on YouTube. Check us out on Stitcher. 
You can stream at wearemetalheads.com. Like us on Facebook, please. Yep. Follow us on Twitter. At MetalheadsPod. And Disciple OV Metal. And Opeth and at Opeth Fan. And of course, check things out on MetalDisciple.com for news, reviews, and videos, and things like that. And if you have any stories like we talked about today, downloading music stories, Napster stories, mosh pit stories, concert stories, send them in. Yep. We'd love to be, if you want us to we'll talk about it, share your story on the podcast. Indeed. All right. Until next time, I'm George. And I'm Buke. And this is King Giant and the track A Steward's Prayer. Hope you enjoy it. Ah!